I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to Off The Beat and Track podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another week, therefore it's another episode. Today's episode, I'm joined by Barry Ashworth of the Dub Pistols. And this is a great chat. You know, we talk... Well, we talk Spike Island, uh, we talk The Clash, we talk, uh, I mean, we talk about one of the most amazing records ever made from a band that literally just turned up, took the roof off with this seminal monster record, and then just kind of, yeah, they, 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 they burn bright for a while, and then, yeah. So we go, I won't say the names of the tracks, because, you know, I want you to listen, but it's, this is a cracking chat. Um, and, uh, well, before we get... On with that, just a big thanks to Scroobius Pip and everybody at the Distraction Pieces Network. Um, thanks to 76 for producing this. Um, and this, if this is your first time listening to Off The Beaten Track, then um, why not go and have a, a rummage in the archives? Um, because you'll find loads of um, other episodes on here uh, from people that we talk about. You know, you're, 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 there's, I've got episodes with... Uh, members of the specials, Madness, uh, lots of uh, Barry's uh, Sunday Best label mates, including Sunday Best, uh, Rob the Bank, Scribius Pip, Dan LaSac. Um, we also speak about longtime Dub Pistols collaborator Lindy Layton. I've got an episode with Lindy. Go and have a rummage. You will find loads of other great episodes to get stuck into um, in the archives. Um, let's get on with it. Please enjoy it. Off the Beat and Track podcast with Barry Ashworth. I've got an announcement. Save Our Souls Clothing. www.sosclothing.co.uk Why am I telling you this? Because they're our official sponsor. Yeah, that's right. Go and check them out because their clothing is off the scale. You're going to love it. So they've decided they want to be our sponsor, which is amazing. And what I have to do is I have to tell you about why they're amazing. So here's a little bit of blurb. So they've only been going a year, and they're based in South End on Sea, just up the road from me. They put the company together based on a, a love of tattoos and alternative music, and they've worked with some of the greatest artists around the world to produce these items of clothing that are as unique as you lot. All of the designs are printed using biodegradable, sustainable and water-based inks. And in addition to that, they only print on garments made by members of Fairware Foundation. I mean, come on, great clothing and a conscience. Since going live in April last year, they've seen their audience grow massively and are now selling orders all across the world. And they were recognised by Cosmopolitan magazine as one of the best sustainable clothing brands alongside names such as Stella McCartney. 
I mean, that's quite a first year, right? So go and check them out because they've put a lot of love into supporting this podcast and I couldn't be happier. What else they've done is they've given you 15% off. So if you head over to www.sosclothing.co.uk, do a bit of shopping, see what you like, throw it in the basket, and then on the way out, put in the discount code BEAT15. B-E-A-T-1-5. And that'll save you 15% off. Amazing, right? www.sosclothing.co.uk Official sponsors of Off The Beat and Track podcast. Let's get back to that podcast. It's Off The Beat and Track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. Keep me, Stu Whipping. Hello and welcome to Off The Beat and Track podcast. Joining me today via the means of Zoom is Barry Ashworth. Hello. Hello, mate. Again, take two. <laughs> <laughs> How are you? Um, well, you're looking sharp. Said you've had a haircut today. How, how long overdue was that? Um, yeah, I mean, like most people, I guess. I mean, I'm, for a start, I'm in the middle of no. I'm, I'm in. I'm moved out of London. I'm, I'm probably in the arse end of nowhere now. I'm kind of like um, in a little village called Reed out in Hertfordshire. So um, it's been a while, you know. And, and, um, and suddenly, I got a phone call this morning. Um, that I had to go and do some fit. I've got to go and do a, making a new music video at the moment for one of our songs and I've got to go and shoot a video and I absolutely did like, I was starting to look like, you know, Wurzel Gummidge. So it was like, right, they're going to sort that out. <laughs> it's bad enough as it is, you know. Oh, so, yeah. Well, you're looking sharp now, mate. Um, so I guess we should kick things off really. And, and we always do that with uh, the song that has the greatest ever intro. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> As you know, as I spoke about when um, I, you know, when, when we first got online, I, I said to you, like, you know, every any given day that this could change, and that I probably had, um, you know, a hundred choices for each single one of these answers. Um, so, that I mean, how many can I give you? Uh, well, we'll start with the one you was going to go with, and then you can throw some in after that. You literally look pained when I put it on you then to actually oh, give me it one. Is, it, <laughs> it, because it is like, like if I say this, um, I guess, I guess the reason I'm going to say this one is because it was because I was I was at their biggest ever concert, and it was kind of like one of those hair on the arms moments do you know what I mean yeah. and it would be um the stone roses I want to be adored and it was because of that moment at Spike Island and I and I I know everyone says they were but I honestly was there and you know it was it was just one it just the, the intro to this it's one of my favorite bands of all time anyway but it's just one of those it's songs that you know in brown to me is is up there you know he's, he's a god um um, but like I said, yeah, I could have gone anyway, but I think it was because of that moment and just because of that time that I had up in Manchester at, at that show. Do you know what Did I mean? Did they open with um, Adored? I can't even, do you know what? I can't remember for the life of me. That would be, um, I mean, like, like a lot of things in my um, life, my memory is very foggy. Yeah. 
I wouldn't have been too um, coherent. I wouldn't yeah. have imagined at the time. Do you know what I mean? So I can't remember. I, me- I, I remember being... The, the, the only thing I remember was um, coming backstage, walking along the back, and Oakenfold was playing, and um, Gary Cloud, Beef, How Low Can You Go, was playing. The rest of it was very sort of like, in what order the rest of it came yeah. in, I can't remember. Um, you know, so, but yeah, I mean, but it could, you know, as I said, it could be, you know, it could easily be superstition, Stevie Wonder. I think, you know, that's one of the most fantastic intros of all time. And for other reasons, you know, Pink Floyd, you know, wish you were here, you know, for for the days of lying at home on acid. (laughs) Course. I mean, that just that feeling of euphoria. So, I, there's, like I said, there's a hundred I could pick, but if I wanted, if I had to go with one, yeah. then I would say Stone Roses, just because you know, well, it I, was a, in my life I'll never forget. I want to touch on that 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 moment. I'm sure we'll get back to that because one of the songs you've chosen for your clubbing is going to sort of take us back to that point as well. Um, but I, I can't believe you've just mentioned that Gary Clow record. I've not thought about that for probably about thirty years, and I've not heard it for thirty years either. So I'm definitely going to go and check that out. Well, it wasn't. It wasn't until we started until such tight of reason, and you started to ask me in what order, that, and and I was trying to then remember what I remembered. Yeah, <laughs> it was like that's probably the only thing I remember. Yeah, was coming along the back and hearing that song. Do you know what I mean? Which at the time was a you know was a massive mm. track for in a club we used to do called Monkey Drum. You know, it was like you know. So, I mean, I haven't heard Gary Krell in. Years, do you know what yeah. I mean? I'm not even sure what he's doing now, but it was just that track was an absolute yeah. bomb at the time. Human nature, that was enough one, wasn't it? Yeah, human nature. That's a tune. Yeah, yeah. Um, Something wrong with human nature, nature, <laughs> nature. Um, so uh, around that time, then you, you went up to Spike Island, and uh, did you ever sort of get up to? Did you get stuck into the hacienda? Did that happen? Yeah, no. I mean, I, I wasn't a regular at the hacienda, but. <clears throat> We were running clubs. Obviously, I went to YB for in 87, so I started, you know, spent the summer there. And then after that, came back and started running nightclubs in London with a bunch of mates. Um, We used to do a club called Monkey Drum on a Monday night. Um, And that's everyone from the Stone Roses to Oki to Ramplin to... uh, the Mondays to the Soup Dragons, everyone like that used to come down there. Um, and then um, we started doing bigger nights and we ended up doing Naked Lunch, which was a huge night um, at the Southwest One Club, at Studio Valbon, at the Café de Paris. Um, you know, because you move around, you tend to have like a year, two years in a venue. Yeah. And then, you know, people don't come anymore and then you sort of shut it down and you find a new venue and you start again. Um, so that was kind of – so at that time, I guess, I was running some of the biggest nights in London, certainly, some of the biggest clubs for mm. sure. Um, and through that, we got into the network. And obviously, 87, 88, after the Summer of Love, you know, because before that, everything was very territorial. Everyone, you know, was very stuck to their own area. And you certainly couldn't go to another city. After 88, suddenly football violence changed, you know, after after all the Hillsborough and Heisel. And then everybody was doing ease. Everybody was on the terraces chanting, ease are good. You know what I mean? And it was like, you know, uh, and suddenly you could go because of everybody was loved up. 
you could suddenly go to Manchester, you could go to Leeds to back to basics, you could go to Nottingham to the bomb, you know. So, so for that, I built you know Slam in in in, in Glasgow, and and so from that, and that's where I built that network of friends up from. You know what I mean? So that's kind of how I started moving around the country and got to know all these different people and all these different clubs because that was that was my life then. Yeah. Okay. Track two, Barry. First song you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you? Yeah, again, it, it's a really difficult one because I could tell you some sort of like um, movie that I went to, like Greece or something. Do you know yeah. what I mean? You know, because it, it depends what kind of emotion you want to talk about. It can about, be any. Like, it can be joy. You know, it can be sadness. It can be euphoric. It can be whatever you want. Yeah, yeah no. And, I, and, and you know, it's so something I've tried, you know, tried to think about. But, um, you know, my mum was really into her soul and her R and B and 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 um, and so she, I used to listen to her record collection a lot. And and I've always been aware, um, growing up on an estate, you know. And I think the song that I'm going to ch- that I'm going to choose um, not only resonated then with me, but obviously is as a point as poignant then. Now, as it was then, yeah. do you know what I mean? And I remember the first time I ever heard it, it absolutely blew me away. Do you know what I mean? And, and then, and because I've always been into sort of you know music of a black origin, do you know what I mean? And so, um, and obviously, been always been very aware of racism at having like you know friends and grown up on council estates and 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 you know witnessed it firsthand. Um, I think it's listening to this song, which is obviously Sam Cooke, A Change Is Gonna Come, which to me is just one of the greatest songs of all time. Mm. Um, it, it just blew my head. It just blew my mind. Do you know what I mean? And it just, I think it also broke my heart. You know, it was like, you know, to, to just the emotion in the song is just unreal. It's beautiful. You know, it's uh, a beautiful record, isn't it? And, it's, and it sounds like there's so much almost longing in it for something that you can tell he almost feels isn't going to happen. Do you know what I mean? Well, you're, you're talking about a song that was recorded, what, 1964? Yeah. You know, and he's talking about change is going to come and we're in now 2020. Yeah. And we're still waiting. But yeah. Don't get me wrong, we've come a long way. But we're still, you know, talking about, you know, change is going to come. And, it, yeah, it's come, but it hasn't come for anywhere near far enough. And that's why I, sort of think I've chosen that song. And because we just had that song... Stand together, which is very much of the same kind of sentiment, but nowhere near like not on this level, mm. you know. I mean, you know, and the whole story behind the whole thing, you know, where he's, you know, Sam turns up with his wife and he's, you know, goes to check into a hotel and he's on tour and he's not allowed to check in, you know, the shame of it all. And it was just like, you know, and like I said, and that still resonates today, you know. I, Half my band is is black, you know, and I and I, and I I've just uh, you know, and I've, I've, I've toured across America with like DJ punk rock and things like that. Who's a you know was a marine, and yet he was still terrified going down south. And we were, I'm only talking about like 10, 10 15 years ago. Crazy, Do you know what I mean? Man. And yet he's a huge guy. Was still terrified of going down south, you know. So you know, it was it was it was it's this song, you know. It's it's just. That says it all. So what do you think that emotion would have been, Barry? 
shame. But it wasn't really shame then. It was just, I don't know, just the deepness of the whole the whole lyrics and just just the feeling, you know, just just, just the feeling of of the despair and the, but also the hope that you. Same as you feel now, yeah. I guess the shame and the and the, and the, the, the feeling of ignorance toward, that people can feel yeah. towards other people. You know, I I, I think it's that. So, I just love. I leave it. I just, just even the intro. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's just beautiful. Like, Sim strings it's and it's lovely. Absolutely stunning. Mind blowing. So where was you? Where 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 was home then? Home was in on a um, council estate in Sutton in Surrey. Um, a place called Benil. So, um, yeah, that's where I grew up. I used to go to Carshilton Boys where Carl Cox um, used to go. And in the end, we moved, uh, my family moved to a um, an estate up in Rose Hill, uh, which is just up the road near Carshilton. Um, and Cox's family used to live about three doors down, Carl and his sisters and things. So they used to do the local town hall, um, Carshilton. Like him and Oki used to do Wallet and Town Hall and Carshilton Town Hall. Nice. So, Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Well, let's stay around that time. Um, for track three, Barry, someone reminds you of your time at school. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, I mean, obviously for me, the two-tone movement was, 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 was that time that I really think I started to really embrace music. Uh, maybe a little bit before that, because obviously I think, um, but I think this song, and I even I drew, drew the album cover, and it was hanging on the headmaster's wall outside the um, in school. So I think I don't know. I doubt it's still there now. Um, but um, I was very proud of that. But it, and it is it isn't the best song from the era. Certainly not. But it's the song that reminds me of being at school most. I think would have to be Baggy Trout. And then they're not even my favourite two tone band. I mean, I, I absolutely love them. Don't get me wrong. I'm a massive Madness fan. Mm. 
And, you know, I've been lucky enough to tour with them and Suggs has been on stage with us and things. But Baggy Trousers just reminds me of my school days. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It just, it was like, you know, it was just a massive, it, it's, a, it's a fantastic fun record, but it just reminds me of exactly what being at school was like. Yeah. So Madness Baggy Trousers for sure on that one. That probably would have been mine as well, mate. It's, you know uh, what I mean? It's like, yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, like I said to you, you know, the specials to me were my favourite two tone band by, by by a million miles. But but Madden, that song just yeah just reminds me of school. But I think Madness, I think Madness kind of moved out of that two tone thing. You know, quite it felt quite quickly, and you know, and become. You know, and, and I say this. Really right. split, well, they didn't all split up, but I guess like all the scenes, they kind of yeah, it fell off. It I, didn't fall off actually. It's still massive now. Huge, and and one of my favourite bands, and I and I think that they've they don't get the the you know the the, the credit they deserve as pop songwriters. You know, their songs. I mean. You could probably reel off twenty songs, and everybody would know yeah, the words. Oh, know, absolutely. Like, I mean. You've only got to go to one of their nights, and it's yeah. just hit after hit after hit after yeah. hit. And it's all, it's all, you know, feel good. I mean, my girl, do you know what I mean? Um, our house, do you know yeah. what I mean? It's like, you know, <laughs> absolutely. Brilliant. Why is why is lyrics as well? You know, when you look at them sort of throwing stuff like embarrassment and that, you know, at yeah, that yeah. Time, I mean, I love that. one of my favourite songs as well. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like great record. Um, so, how was school? Did you enjoy it? I don't think anybody enjoys school um, when you are in school. You don't get to enjoy school till you leave school and yeah. appreciate it. Um, I think I set fire to the science lab. Um, <laughs> <laughs> On purpose. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, you know, like I said, and I left, I was always bunking off. I left, I left, I mean, I, it's weird because, again, coming from a um, council estate, to, if you were any good at anything, i.e., you were any good at school, you were kind of frowned upon. Do you know what I mean? And I don't mean that. And I don't mean that to be. But you know, and and I was doing all right, but I was also absolutely terrified of failure. So when it came to my exams, I just done one. Yeah, I done one before I had to take any because I just fear of failure. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I absolutely skipped off very early. So, um, I mean, I've got, like I said, at the time, I think I got thrown through the, I was quite small. I was the second smallest kid in um, in my year. But um, some, but I, and I remember being picked up, put in a bin once and thrown through the sixth form window <laughs> as well. <laughs> so, you know, that was a, uh, that was quite an experience, but generally, um, it was. Uh, it, I, looking back now, it was, it, it was a great time. I'm just going to just one second, mate. I'm just going to plug my uh, computer in because I think the power's about to go. No I'm going to move. <laughs> um, yeah. So generally, it was uh, at the time I, I, I hated it, but looking back now, I, I, I you know, I really stick with it. I loved it. You know what I mean? And sure. I wish I could go back and um, do it all again. I love, it was, Oz was a great sports school, and I and I was, I, you know, I loved playing for the school football team. Was you a confident so, kid? Um, I was a leery kid. I wasn't a confident kid because um, I had a, I had a, um, I had an accident when I was um, when I was four years old. I fell on a live rail, 
and that meant that I've got like quite severe burns all over me. Do you know what I mean? Which, which, um, so I, I, I used to hate taking, I mean, I still do, you know, still do to this day, hate taking my top off or anything because I'm quite severely sort of scarred. Um, but because of that, I was, the, the, an unbeknown to me at the time, the teachers would, te- you know, basically talk to the class before I'd ever go in and, and, and have words. So I was only ever shown love. I think I was, I think I was forgiven for a lot of yeah. the, the, the things that I got up to because of. Yeah. Thing. So um, I wouldn't say I was confident I was Larry, but yeah. especially for the size. Do you know what I mean? I think if I was bigger, I would have got hit a lot more. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, because I, I, you know, I, I, I was definitely Larry, I, but I don't know if I was confident. I don't know if they, you know. Did you know what you wanted I, to be when you was at school? No. no um, I think like everybody, I wanted to be a footballer. I mean, I was absolutely football mad. Do you know what I mean? I'm, I was obsessed. And I think a lot of people at that age, you really want to, you know, that's what you want to do. It's like, you know, it was like those days, it was goalposts for jumpers, eh? It was like, cool. that's what you did was go out all day long and, and kick a ball around in the street. You know, and the computer games weren't around then. You know, I, I remember the first ever Atari. So yeah. um, I think I wanted to be a footballer, but I, I don't think, I don't think I've ever known what I wanted to be. You know, it's just, it's just things just seem to have happened at certain times in my life and have taken me off in different directions. Was music making a big dent, though, at school? Was it something that you was, like, passionate about? Oh, absolutely. No, I think... I can't remember what age it is where you really suddenly, you know, the the first things kick in. But, yeah, absolutely. You, you become obsessed. You know, I guess, like, anybody, any, any, any teenager now or yeah. any there's a point where suddenly it becomes all in all encompassing. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. um, all you do back then, all you used to do, go and record shopping and collect records and play records. I just, I mean, uh, at the time I used to be, you know, about stacks, you know, one of those stack systems, that's yeah. how old I am. Do you know what I mean? And go, go to, um, I guess it would have been Woolworths yeah. or HMV at the time and, and buy, you know, buy records. That's all I did. It wasn't until I got older, obviously, that, uh, you know, I'm becoming a DJ that used to go up to London, but at the time I used to go to the local high street and just yeah, buy totally. And I used to love having the little pile of records and watching it grow. Oh, mate. <laughs> I'm still the same. It's pathetic. <laughs> right. uh, I'm still yeah. the same. But, um, well, I mean, this, this, this fits lovely to, uh, to the next uh, question, Barry, which is what was the first record you remember buying from a record shop? Uh... Well, I, again, I was I was trying to think about it, and uh, and and my mind is so clouded, as I said, about time, and I and I tried to, to try chron, chron, chronologically put it into when was that record out because yeah, my yeah. mind might be confused. Do you know what I mean as to what it really was? Um, but I, I, the one I, the, that I guess stands out the most, and that I think it must have been, would have been the Sex Pistols. Um, you know, God Save the Queen, um, you know. Um, yeah, just, it was, it was, that's the one that I remember, but it, it could have been a few. Yeah. Like, because I, I am totally, just like I said, it is clouded to me. Totally cloudy. How much know. of a, a dent, like, did... Never mind the bollocks, Solly. Sorry, not yeah. even, you know. That was certainly the first album. I, I, I might not even have been able, rich enough to afford it album at that time you know so it might have been a single that i went for first how much of a dent did that make on you that that kind of punk 
Uh, I mean, and just the starkness of the cover of Nevermind the Bollocks, the fact he's got the word bollocks on it, like, you know, as, as a young lad, like, and then, you know, then you put the needle on the record and you're just hit with this fucking wall of guitars and this gnarly vocal that's talking fucking crazy sense that's being uh, discredited uh, everywhere. I th- well, I just think at the time, again, I mean, I mean punk to me is something that I've, tried to be all my life, not in sound, but in attitude. Yeah, Do you know course, what I mean? Course. It was it was it was the whole idea to me of punk was to to just kick up everything that you possibly could. Do you know what I mean? To throw everything and just at the time you've got to remember it, the, the country was in absolute chaos. Do you know what I mean? So and then so, and it really was just fuck off. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It was like nothing, you know and it, it just absolutely blew you away. And I just, you know, I don't know how many, t- how long I stared at that album cover for, how many times I examined it, how many times I played that record and yeah. how obsessed I was by the lyrics. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was like, you know, it was just, and, th- and that went on for the, throughout my career. It was my, I always said that we were punk, but we never, it was never, to me, if you try and, copy the punk sound. You know, there's a lot of punk bands out. To me, then you totally miss the whole point. When Do you know what I mean? gets to, to me, like and stuff like that, you, yeah, you've yeah. missed it, haven't you? It's like... You've missed it. You, it. You're copying something um, and you're, you're so, you know, the whole point was to, to, to fuck off everything and be completely original. Yeah. Try and be as experimental as you can. Yeah. Throw everything into the pot that shouldn't work and tell everyone to fuck off. <laughs> and that is, and that is, just, that's that's you know that is a mindset and an attitude, isn't it? Not a, a genre of music, you know. It's not a sound. No, it's not a sound. It's a mindset. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like that's what to me. That's what the punk ethos was, yeah. and it still is. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So anyone that like I said, be whatever you want, but to me, if you try and copy a punk sound, then yeah. then really you, 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 you're not. Yeah. Kids yeah, making music on their phones is as DIY and as fucking punk as, as you yeah. know, as it was back go. then. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's... Uh, exactly it that. Okay. So, I mean, I, I should, you know, let's let's talk about record shots because, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, Woolies and, and, uh, <laughs> and you know, there was... They sell records in, like, Boots and, like, you know, John Menzies and all of these places, you know. They had the best bargain bins when I was a kid for records. Um, but then as you start getting into DJing, like, how how important and how much time are you spending in, you know, independent record shops? Um, well, I used to, I would know whenever um, the import vans were coming in each, um, which day of the week and at which shops and what days. And so um, at least three, four times a week I'd go around London and there were so many different shops that you could go in and I would just spend hours in there. Most of them by after a certain time, New Year, so you'd always have a pile and then, you know, you'd be lucky enough to go and sit at the back and go, go through everything, do you know what I mean? And they'd know what you want. But, yeah, I, I mean, at least three days, four days a week was just spent, the whole day was just spent record shopping. Yeah. You know, just to find those gems to play. Because back then, like I said, there was only a certain amount of copies that were going to come in on that van. Yeah. And you had to have one. Oh, good times, right? <laughs> I missed it a lot. You know, I don't miss, I don't miss lugging records around. Yeah, of course. Do you know what I mean? And I don't miss, um, I mean, a lot of my records now are in storage. Do you know what I mean? I don't miss, I mean, at the time, it, I loved it. But, you know, living in a two-bedroom flat in 
in South London um, without any space at all to walk yeah. through. Do you know what I mean? Because it was just covered in records. Do you know what I mean? I loved yeah. it, but obviously um, when you start having relationships and things like that, it starts to get a bit like, you know, overwhelming. You know, totally. Totally. Track five, Barry. The song that soundtracked your years in Clubland. See, again, I don't think there can be a more punk record than this. I don't think there can be more of a punk band. In fact, this was this was the perfect um, this is the perfect punk attitude and the perfect thing anything that one band can do which is to make a record that's so good um and then and then disband i mean they were nothing but trouble i i I had them play at my club loads of times um they used to hang out at my club we had the amount of times i had to throw them out was unbelievable um because they were just wrong do you know what i mean but um and and they also put on one of the best parties. In fact, I think it probably is the best party Barry Mooncold put it on. Yeah. He was a, I think he was a window cleaner and found a um, this huge mansion in um, uh, where was it Hampstead, and he um, it was empty and he squatted in it. And it was just like. The party went on for two days. I think we had two or three days. I remember being carried out by the police um, <laughs> <laughs> in the end. There was a bed that with the carpet seemed to be so deep, it was like about a foot deep. There was a swimming pool in it. There was a revolving bed. There was um, – it, it was just like it – it the place was just unbelievable. And it was just like, yeah, it was possibly the best party I've ever been to in my life. It was just jaw-dropping. Um and then they made this song, and I think um, Clive Langer produced it. It's 15 minutes long. Um, Wiz, um, who is an amazing film, um, amazing director, shot the video. Um, so good. I remember going to the premiere at um, Heavenly and watching it, and I think Jeff Barrett was in tears at the time. But, um, yeah, Weekend of Flowered Up. Because at that time it just, you know, that. It, it encapsulated everything that clubbing was. I guess it's quadrophenia. It's quite. I mean, the video is very much quadrophenia. In well, a it nutshell. starts with the uh, yeah. Michael Elphick line, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's, it's quadrophenia in fifteen minutes. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like, but um, 
it, it just one like even the little, even the detail of the little Dennis the Menace pills, the little Dennis the Menace when he's laying in the bath. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Was like you know, it was just unbelievable. And the fact that it was fifteen minutes long, yeah. and still became a hit record. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's just like, can you imagine that now? You, nowadays, you've got a tension span of fifteen seconds. Do you know what I mean? It's push. Like, you know, yeah. You know, and that breakdown in the middle. So, oh. you know, it's just like weekend. Uh, fuck off! Fuck <laughs> off! <and> die. <laughs> I just, <laughs> it's a fucking incredible record. Uh, it yeah. really is, and, and and for those, I mean, there's Spotify playlist to accompany this podcast. So go and go and listen to that record and and the full version as well. And yeah, and, and Barry Mooncult, for those that are, are wondering, was was like this or Bez, wasn't he? He had like yeah, yeah, he was he was Bez. Bez had maracas. Barry Mooncult just and they were was just giant, dressed as a giant. Flower pot man, really, wouldn't yeah. it? Just, 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 just dressed in a flower. And I guess, I mean, I, I tried to be, I was in a group then, we started a band um, which signed at Cowboy Records, and we very much want, my inspiration was the Mondays and that, because, you know, that was kind of the, the feeling that I wanted to, to, to create. But I think, realistically, they were the only answer we had. There was if and airstream, but... and. But it was really there was only uh, flowering up that any answer to, to what was coming out of Manchester at that time. And it's, you know, and, and it's, it's you know the, the, their story ends pretty it's pretty bleak, isn't it? Really, like they you know they both. Yeah, I mean it's horrendous. It's horrendous, you know. So um, yeah, but I mean, like I say, as a moment in history and as a song, I think it's as important as anything. Any 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 of the other. Manchester bands or whatever it did, and that ending encapsulates club culture at that time, and it's got to be that song. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Do you know, I think the, the the first time I saw them, bizarrely, you mentioned Clive Langer. The first time I see them was supporting Madness. Really? Yeah. Well, they they they'd done they done the first Madstock with Ian Jury, Morrissey, and oh, uh, Gallon Drunk. And, right. Uh, yeah, and I guess that might have been the Clive Langer connection, maybe. Uh, I mean, I got to become friends with Clive because I used to work in a film studio next door um, called Westway. He used to have he used to have Westside Recorded Records, which is Westside Record Studios, which was next door to the film studios, which was Westway, which was <coughs> just underneath the Westway um, in West London, and and I and that's where we used to. Um, we used to we used to throw a few pies in the film in the film studio there. Do you know what I mean? That actually flowered up, got thrown out of as well there. Especially <laughs> mayhem there actually as well. Yeah. So yeah, that's I got became I can became I used to play five a side with Clive Langer nearly every sort of lunchtime. Brilliant. So become friends. Nice. I, I used to always go and sit in the studio all the time and hang out there. Wonderful. Barry, track six. Favorite song from an artist from your home county. I didn't realise it was favourite song. I obviously, um, I obviously read that wrong, and I thought it was famous, most favourite artist from my home county. We can roll so, with that. That's uh, fine. Yeah, no. So I, I read that wrong. So I was just going to give you a band, but I, so now I've got to choose from that band, and it really depends whether or not I can whether or not I can actually claim it because it, it is technically he, they're not from. Uh, Surrey, which is obviously where I'm from. Yeah. 
Um, Mate, I've had some tenuous links before. I've had people you know claiming I mean? bands because one of them went to college there. Like well, this, was, this was exactly that. It was it was Joe Strummer went to Ashton University. Yeah. So I would say it would be the clash. But, but if it had to be someone um, from my own county, then I guess it would be the jam because obviously yeah. I'm just an absolute Paul Weller nut as well. But um, And there's not much to say between the two, yeah. you know. Um, but the clash to me were, you know, one of the greatest, alongside sort of the specials. But, you know, any three of those I could pick, Jam, Specials, or, yeah. or the Clash, and say they're all my favourite. The specials, obviously, Coventry. Um, so I can't um, yeah. can't go anywhere near those. Um, but Joe Strummond, because he went to um, Ashton University. And if I had to pick a... Clash song, it wouldn't be um, one of the obvious ones, I don't think. For me, it would be Straight to Hell. Yeah, tune. Do you know what I mean? I yeah. absolutely love the lyrics in that song. I love the groove in it. It's just an absolute awesome tune. Um, yeah. You, you mentioned something earlier about, oh, you know, what is the age when, like, you know, you kind of start to get music? And I think just touching on the three artists you said there, I. I think so much of that moment where you get music is if there is a, a shift in in culture and a shift in like a, a music movement and, you know, whether that be what happened in, you know, in IB for in 87, whether it was Manchester in 88 or, you know, or, or even, you know, you, you look at that movement with like the two-tone movement or, or the clash. I think if they're in your lifetime, you know, that's when I think, something like that will grab you and then it will form you, you know, like the jam to this day, how many people like yourself, you know, 30, 40 years later, still, you know, loving, you know, what Weller does. Well, those songs still resonate. I yeah. mean, and he's such a great song like Paul Weller, do you know what I mean? Mm. It's like, you know, he still wrote, you know, his, his, his lyrics are still evocative now, do you know what I mean? They're still, mm. you know, <clears throat> I mean, I was a massive Style Council fan, but then certainly Cafe Blur, but the second album, um, where we had the sort of DC Lee loving, I kind of was like, and I remember going to see him two nights at the um, in a row at the uh, Royal Albert Hall, and it kind of was like just got pissed me off. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It was like it was like he was having this loving with her, and I was just like, you know, like, this is not <laughs> this, this is not what I've come to see. <laughs> not happy, and I, but you know, I did love the style counts, and I just yeah, Wellers just kept keeps keeps going up and I'm I've met Bruce quite a few times we've done quite a few shows with him doing his um from the jam shows so you know fantastic bass player and can still do that 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 fantastic kick that he does with the yeah. with the do you know what I mean which is mind blowing absolutely do you know what I'm I'm not I'm not a massive fan of um Wellis sort of solo stuff really I'm not 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 huge on it but this Stanley was a good album the the first one within the tomorrow and aha uh-huh, oh yeah and all that yeah. I, I, I like that uh, yeah this bit in this risings on there that's a tune and like but the new album yeah I stuck it on the other day I think yeah. it's one of the best things he's done in a long time like, I think he, he gets hit and miss though doesn't he mm. can get hit and miss and I got to admit to you I haven't sat down and listened to it yeah. yet and I and I've sort of really wandered off do you know what I mean yeah. so. Whereas before I would have been obsessive about um, making sure I, I listen to it. Yeah. But I, I, I haven't, and I've got to be honest about yeah. that. I mean, if you've put out the amount of music that he's put out, you're entitled to have a couple of albums that might not be right on point. Do you know what I mean? You know? Yeah, it happens absolutely. To Bowie, happens to everyone else. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. I think he's earned, he's earned the right. Um, 
Last song, Barry, and uh, and you can play DJ on this one. A song that many may not know that you would like them to hear. Well, this this song is um, it's a song. That has, I mean, it's not it's not even it's not a DJ song. It's a guy's an incredible talent. I mean, he died way too early, um, but it's a song. Whenever I'm feeling down, or or whenever I just want to lift, and and it's. It's it's a, it's just a song that just make puts a smile on my face. I mean, people when they, you know if you haven't heard it and they hear it, I don't think they're going to be expecting this for me to say this song. But it's you know, I mean, I just love the lyrics. I love the lyrics. The, I've met Terry a few times, and he was an absolute just a lovely human being. Um, let me just go. And, I should have done that. I've been professional and turned my phone off earlier. <laughs> um, sorry about that. It's all right. Uh, it's all right. <laughs> Sorry, mate. Um, but it's just, yeah, it's one of those songs that it just cheers me up every time I hear it. And it's Terry Callier, Ordinary Joe. You know, like I said, it was just listen to it, listen to his whole um, catalogue. But like I said, he died a couple of years ago, and very young and um, an amazing talent. But that song just cheers me up. It makes me smile. It always makes me feel good. Wonderful. Barry, as we find ourselves coming out of this weird sort of few months we've had of of of, uh, of quarantine, um, what's coming up, and what are you most looking forward to? I don't know what's coming up because uh, you just don't know what the you know at the moment. Uh, and that the reason that phone was going off is um, I'm in the middle waiting for a phone call today because we're on the final day and the final sage meeting of knowing whether or not our Mucky Weekender Festival is going to be allowed to take place or not take place. And that was my business partner there on the phone. Um, So um, we are literally waiting. We have the licence. We have all the COVID safety plans. We have everything that we possibly can in place. Um, It's down to – there's one more meeting tonight with the police, the – ambulance service and the fire service to take a vote and let us know whether or not um, that can take place. So possibly that on September the 11th. My whole year was based uh, around this moment of, of, of <clears throat> and a fantastic, as you know, Dub Pistols tour 11 months of the year. This year we've, um, we've got, I've got an album coming out exactly the same week, September the 11th. Um, addict um, on Sunday best so the, my whole year was planned around touring festivals and then the end of the festival season was Mucky Weekend which still might go ahead and our album's going to drop then um, and like I said I really I just don't know you know I should have I should have known because what you probably don't know is my company, and we've got a documentary coming out called What the Fuck Could Possibly Go Wrong, The History of the Dub Pistols, um, which is like the story of every band, everything, basically. Um, and it was before when we were doing Six Million Ways to Live and we were like Geffen's number one priority um, the week of 9-11 and it all went tits up and that was it. And obviously a lot of people lost their lives and the world changed. But that also... Um, had implications for us that took years to get over. So 
when I picked the day, I really should have looked at it and thought about it a little bit harder because sure. I think I'm jinxed myself. Do you know what I mean? It's like we've been here before, Barry, haven't we? This is history repeating itself. So yeah, I've got um I've got a new single coming out called Call Up featuring Lindy Layton. Um and Lindy's been album. on here a couple of times and she's one of one of my favourite people, Barry. I love her. I was just down her house. Um I was just talking to her actually this morning and I was we were around her house. The craziest um, house you've ever seen. <laughs> It's amazing, isn't it? It's, it reminds me of. I don't know if any. Of, I don't know if any of your listeners or anything have ever been to the Crazy Bear, but it's 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 like it reminds me of the Crazy Bear Hotel. Yeah. It's it's a sexy place. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's, it's got that sort of um, very Asian provocateur yeah. sort of feel to it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she's very. She's. Do you know what I mean? She's a very cool, stylish girl. Oh, you? mate, so cool. She's got a heart gold, and she's a, she's a great talent. She's very passionate about what she does. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we got call out coming out with her, um, and then the album in in September. We we got a tour planned. Whether that will happen, I don't know. I mean, you know, like every musician, I am in limbo. You know, I just don't know what. I've actually, during this period, recorded two more albums. <laughs> I don't know what else to do. Well, you ain't put your feet up then. That's good. No, I've been, I, you know, I, I just don't know what to do with myself anymore. I've been going out, like I said, moved to the countryside, so I'm going out, walking around, um, writing a lot of music, um, doing, doing, doing streams, but not streams for um, uh, my own ego sort of fulfilling type streaming. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Look at me streams. I've been doing streams for charity. Like um, um, I did one for, for the Save the Black Rhino, which raised over 13,000 pounds, which is fantastic. Oh, yeah. They're the last, um, you know, they're the last actual wild black rhinos that are, that, that are in, you know, not in captivity. So that was quite important. A patron for a, mental health charity called Tonic Music for Mental Health, which Cherry Hall from Specials is a patron of as well. So um, I'm doing a – I've got a flying circus, actually, which was supposed to have happened in May, um, where, I'm, where I've got Bez, Rodney P, Cuban Brothers, Too Many Tees, uh, Slamboree, and many others. And, and basically, we'd strap ourselves to an aeroplane and fly around and – um, oh, you do. Raise, you know, acts, yeah, yeah, uh, and raise money for 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 for, for a fantastic charity. You know, uh, you know, I'm really proud and and, and honoured to be part of the charity. Wonderful. Well, best of luck with that. Best of luck with the album. Fingers crossed for the festival, mate. And Barry, thank you so much for your time today. Absolute pleasure. Thanks, mate. No problem, brother. There you go, Barry Ashworth of the Dub Pistols. Watch out. Amazing. Um, go and uh, check out Barry's charities. Go and um, check out the new music. Um, and, yeah, and if it goes ahead, hopefully um, you'll be down there uh, at the Mucky Weekender uh, enjoying yourself. Um, thanks ever so much for listening. As mentioned at the beginning, if you enjoyed this, then go and have a look in the archives because there's over 160 episodes of pod chats uh, with some of your favourite DJs, musicians, stand-up comedians, actors, producers – Go and have a look. You can find out about everything at offthebeatentrackpodcast.com. I'm back next week. See you soon. Bye-bye. Oh, yeah? Sorry. I've butted in yet again. I just want to quickly tell you about this magazine. It's called Pod Bible. Now, Pod Bible is the new essential guide to podcasts. It's put together alongside Spotify, 
and Acast. And it's a one-stop shop to tell you all about the podcasts you maybe know about, but definitely about a load of the podcasts that you probably don't know about that we think you should know about. I mean, in the first edition, there's interviews with Adam Buxton, interviews with Craig Parkinson, and there's features on Jade Adams, and there's just an abundance of information about so many exciting podcasts that are out there. Also, Spotify have given us these amazing little codes. So if you do get a print copy, you can just turn on your Spotify on your phone, scan the little code, and it just automatically opens up the podcast on your listening device. How good's that? If you haven't managed to get a print copy, then just go over to www.podbiblemag.com and read it online because the digital version is all over there and it's all free. So every other month there'll be a new edition out. So go and have a look and support us on the social medias as well. Podbiblemag.com It's off the beat and track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. Keep me stew with him. 